Amen. Well, we're starting a new series. Get your sermon notes. You should have them. Extra ones at the back. And uh, I'm excited about this series. We were going to do something a little different in October, and I was praying and reading and reading and praying. And I really felt like Jesus wanted us to speak about, uh, for the next three weeks, emotions. Is anybody emotional? Woo! Yeah. Does anybody watch movies and you cry at the movie? I cry at the movie. My wife just kind of looks at me. She's like, what are you doing? It's Sandlot. They got the ball. They got the ball back. But um, we all get emotional. There's so many emotions, right? Happiness, sadness, fear, disgust, anger, surprise, rage, terror, love enjoyment, anxiety, worry, all of them, right? And your phone has a whole bunch of emojis to show you that, right? So I I know this is a little different, but take out your phone, take a picture of something or your notes or me or the stage or your people with you, take a selfie, and then later when you get home, just post it, tag New Hope Church, and just put your favorite emoji. Okay, can we do that? All right, let's do it real quick. Let me get mine out. But we're all, we all have emotions, don't we? And I think over the last 18 months, 20 months, we had, we've gone through all sorts of emotions, right? Two weeks to flatten the curve. Yes. Oh, we're going to be out of this in two weeks? Yes, I can't wait. And then it goes on and on and on, and our emotions go up and down and up and down But there are all sorts of situations in your life and all sorts of situations every day that you experience emotions, right? I remember uh, last night, I did a late night Walmart run. You ever emotionally eat, right? So I show up, I roll up, I've got, got my... Uh, sneakers on, got my rad dad t-shirt, yeah, and I walk into Walmart, and I see a couple people from church, and then I get to the self-checkout, and you know how they have a camera? (laughs) Like, I can't believe I went to Walmart with my hair like this. They should have taken a picture. I could have been on the uh, Walmartians website or whatever. But I had some emotions. I'm like, man, I need to go back and see, uh, uh, well, it was Jesus was there, Chewy. And I'm like, dude, you didn't say anything about my hair. (laughs) But did you know that Jesus has had all the emotions you have had? He's gone through all sorts of emotions, up and down In everything in between, he's felt grief before. He's felt righteous anger. Have you been so angry, but it was in a good way? Does that make sense? Right? Where someone does something wrong to a friend of yours or your spouse, or something is wrong in the world and you have a righteous anger. Like, why could someone do that? Jesus has had that emotion. 
He's been overjoyed before. He sent 72 people out to share the gospel. And they came back with, hey, this is what's happening in this area. This person gave their life to you. <laughs> and he's been overjoyed. His friend Lazarus died. And Jesus shows up four days later. And guess what? He wept. He had emotion just like you. And I know some of you have lost loved ones this year, recently, and you've had emotions. You know that Jesus has had the same emotions that you have. Before the cross, he felt discouraged. He felt lonely. He had spiritual agony. We've all felt lonely before. We've all felt discouraged. But today we're going to walk through some of these emotions that Jesus had while leading up to the cross. And how he's taken on all of the weight of the world, all of your emotions to change everything. So just before this story that I'm going to tell you about tonight, today, it was nighttime. They had just finished the Last Supper or the Lord's Supper, right? And the disciples were there, and it was getting later on in the evening, and he's walking with Peter. And he says, listen, tonight you will deny me three times. And guess what? Just a few minutes before that, one of his disciples went off to betray him. So imagine it's getting tense. It's getting a little bit stressful. And he knew that his mission was coming to its climax, to the culmination of everything that had been happening over those three years of ministry. That there was going to be a price to pay for us. And his mission was going to be complete. But he hadn't yet gone through that. I think what may have been going through, and I'm, I'm not saying this is what was happening, but maybe he was hearing this scripture in his mind, Isaiah 53, 5 to 6. Look at this, Isaiah 53, 5 to 6. But he was pierced for our rebellion. This was Isaiah talking about what would happen to Jesus 700 years before it actually happened. Look. Pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so he could be whole, so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Verse 6, all of us like sheep have gone, have strayed away. Sorry, I, I know it in another translation. We have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sin of us all. He was starting to experience that sin that would weigh on him. Jesus, at this point and forever, has been sinless. He hasn't done anything wrong. Imagine. And yet he has to take on all the sin because he is the perfect sacrifice. And imagine how emotional that would be. We get emotional the night before a dentist appointment. If you're like me, you cancel a few times. 
Come on, you do. Anybody cancel a couple times? You're like, I, I think I can deal with this a couple weeks. <laughs> right? Or we, the night before a meeting, or we're nervous about something, or fill in the blank. Imagine what Jesus felt before the cross. We can't, can we? So we're going to start this story off, and we're going to pray, and then we're going to jump in. Matthew 14, 32, if you have your Bibles with you, open those up. Can we stand for the reading of the word? And then we're going to pray. Look at this, Matthew, uh, Mark 14, 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Can we bow our heads and pray? Lord, thank you for your word. Let it illuminate us today. Let us understand just a little bit of the emotions. The Lord, you went through all these emotions at a way higher rate than we could ever imagine. Lord, change us today. Speak to the church in Jesus' name and everybody said, amen. There's a place on the back if you want to take notes. The front, you can fill in uh, in there. There's a... Uh, a couple places to fill in the points later on, but you can turn it over. There's blank space on the back. But listen, I think it's important that we take notes at church. What do you think? Can we be a note-taking church? Me, I preach all the time, but when I'm listening to a sermon, I take notes. Sometimes um, I take a lot of notes. So take some notes, take a little bit, a lot, whatever you want. But here's the setting. The setting was a place called Gethsemane. Can everybody say that? pretty good it's pretty good this was a place just east of the temple mount in jerusalem and on the lower slopes of the mount of olives anybody like olives or olive oil or black olives or whatever olives you can imagine israel is the place for olives they have a place called the mount of olives and at these at this place there was olives all sorts of all kinds and really, Gethsemane means olive press. They would make olive oil there and all sorts of things. The neighborhood would come over and there would be this giant press. It would be this big stone. I've seen, seen one, a few of them online, this big stone thing, and they would roll another stone and press the olives and make the most amazing olive oil you could imagine. None of this store-bought stuff. That's been in a factory for months. But this was the olive pl uh, press, the place where they were, the olives were crushed. Are you seeing any similarities with why Jesus is starting this evening at the place where they crush olives? Because he will be crushed, Isaiah says, for our iniquity, for our sin. So the, the place is Gethsemane, the situation was prayer. Jesus went there just like most evenings. You'll, you'll read all throughout the Gospels. Jesus goes off to be with his Father. What's that called? It's called prayer. It doesn't have to be perfect, right? People are like, I don't know how to pray. Just pray. You know how to text, right? You know how to talk to your, your spouse or, well, some of us. Um, you know how to talk to someone. It's prayer. He went there because he knew what was coming down the road. 
And he knew that soon they would come and arrest him, and he would go through the most challenging thing any human has ever gone through, ever. People are like, well, a lot of people go to the cross. A lot of people have done this or that. No, not, not one human has ever taken on the sin of the world. Yes, there was a physical element to it, but there is a spiritual element that none of us could even imagine. He, would ar- he could already feel what was coming along. And he needed to be with his father to get through it. So we read a little bit further along in this story. Mark 14, 33 to 34. He took Peter. James. Peter was the one who just said, hey, you'll deny me three times. James, John with him. And he, he, began, he became deeply troubled and distressed. He was emotional. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Imagine being this open to his disciples. Deeply troubled, I'm distressed, I'm crushed with grief, almost feeling that I might die because of my stress. Now listen, church, a lot of us have been through stress this last couple years, right? We've been through it. We've had to make crazy choices and crazy decisions and political... I don't know know what word to use. We've lost loved ones... And so we've been troubled. We've been discouraged. We felt like we were being crushed. But this is how much Jesus was crushed. In, in Luke's account of this same story, look what it says, Luke twenty two forty four. He prayed more fervently. And he was in such agony of the spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. That's how stressed he was. That's how emotional draining and all the emotions that he was going through, blood was coming out of his pores. Wow. Now, if you're new to church today, really, you're getting, you're coming on a great Sunday. You're hearing the gospel message. You're hearing what Jesus went through before he went to the cross. Imagine this moment. Your Lord is at the fork in the road of history. This is the night before the cross. And there's God's will and Jesus as a man. You know that Jesus was 100% man. He was also 100% God, and that's hard to understand, isn't it? And he was at the fork in the road of history, and his man nature, you're going to see a little bit later, is trying to go this way. 
So let's see this part of the story. Verse 35 and 36 of Mark 14. He went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. That this cup would pass him by. And he says in verse 36, Abba, Father. Abba, Father really is a closeness. Maybe some of you say Daddy when you were young or still have people who say it now, right, at your age. This is this close relationship that he has with his father. It's a familiar name. It says, Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. You see the fork in the road? Not my will, but your will be done. He's emotional. The cup, you'll see this repeatedly throughout the Old Testament a lot of times. And it really represents a powerful picture of the wrath and judgment of God. You know, in the very beginning, when God created everything, he gave Adam and Eve this perfect world. He said, just don't touch that tree right there. That's it. And they did. They disobeyed God. And then there was this thing in the world called sin. And God needs to take care of sin. And so just to get by, they would do these animal sacrifices just to get by until the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice, Jesus, came along. But this cup is this wrath and judgment for sin. And now he has to take all of it, to take the whole cup, to give us the opportunity to have a personal relationship with him. I'm kind of in awe of this story, looking through these, this lens today. Jesus knew what the Father's will was, right? He knew what he was here to do. He knew his mission. He wasn't an unknown sacrifice, right? He knew what was coming. But he resolved willingly... That evening, for the last time, he had to resolve to take the cross, to take the cup, to be sacrificed for you and for me. You know, it wasn't the fear of physical torture for Jesus. I don't think it was. But it was the implications of what the cross, about taking on all the sin and the weight of the world on him. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Church, Jesus went to the cross so we could be in his kingdom, so we could be part of what he's doing, be part of his family, be part of the mission. And a lot of times we see all these emotions, all these things that Jesus went through and be like, okay, cool. 
because we read it in a book. But today, can we just go a little deeper and say, this is real. This happened. My Savior did this for me. Make it personal today. But when I get emotional or it seems like I'm out of control, I want to give you these four things. Maybe you feel emotional today. Maybe Do you notice that people make bad decisions when they get emotional? Have you ever made a bad decision when you got emotional? Like a really bad financial one? Right? I'm like, oh, this week, my van, something happened to my van. So guess what? I went and looked at a truck. Yeah. I went and looked at a truck. I tried this truck out, and then the lady showed me the payment. I'm like, no, thank you. I'm not that emotional. And guess what? Still got the gold minivan. <laughs> Got to paint my face blue. <laughs> so number one, what do I do when I get emotional? Maybe it's just something throughout the day. Maybe it's some big decision I'm making, something that happened to me. I don't know what it is, but the first thing that we have to do, I run to the Father. Did you notice that the first thing Jesus does is he runs to the Abba Father to prayer. He gets on his knees. He goes to him. Church, a lot of times we're going to everything but Father. We go to Google. Oh, what is this? What, the do- what did the doctor say we had? How do you spell it? I want to check this out. No, God says run to me. When you're emotional, run to me. Guess what Jesus did when he got emotional? Before the cross, he ran to God. Number two. When I get emotional, I will confide in God and others. You notice that in this situation, he spoke to God truthfully. Imagine, this is Jesus we're talking about. Wait. You're questioning taking on the sin of the world? That's your mission. He said, but God, not my will, but your will be done. And then he also confided in his disciples. Imagine as a leader being so open and say, listen, here's what I'm going through. I'm in distress. I almost to, to feeling death. Number three, I submit to God's will over my emotions. This is a big one. Because I feel a lot of times our culture, America, listen, we make all sorts of decisions because we have these emotions, right? We get into debt because of emotions. We get into bad relationships because of emotions. Oh, they're cute. No, they're not. I submit to God's will over my emotions. Jesus was emotional just like you. You know, we're, we're a weak being, right? Right? We fall into sin. We go after things because of our emotions. We give in a lot of times. And that's part of the fall. That's part of 
the world that we live in. That's part of sin being in the world. That's part of us being imperfect. But look what it says in Hebrews 4.15. The high priest of ours, that's Jesus, understands our weaknesses. Right? Because why? He walked in our shoes. He walked... For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. All right, let's jump into the rest of the story. And I have one more for you. Look at this. Mark 14, 37 and on. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Peter, Simon, are you asleep? I think he's getting a little emotional here with his guys too, isn't he? Right? He's like, Simon, Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me one hour? Verse 38, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. I think he, you like how Jesus checks with God three times? He's like, are you sure? <laughs> I want to be sure. Because I think a lot of times we, we feel bad asking God these questions or, hey, Jesus asked them. God, are you sure this is your will for me? He goes again and prays, verse 40, when he returned to them again, he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes open and they didn't know what to say. Verse 41, when he returned to them the third time, he said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest, but know the time has come. The son of man is betrayed in the hands of sinners. Verse 42, look up. Let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And that's when Judas brought them in and said, here's Jesus. Here's the one you're looking for. And the last point today is this, number four. I will stay awake. I will stay awake. You're like, in church, I need to stay awake. You know, I think we're getting very close to the end times, you think? We're seeing all sorts of movement and all sorts of change. And I don't feel like in the end times there's any place for sleepy Christians. Amen? I feel like a lot of times Christians were, were on the fence. We're like, ah, I don't want to offend anybody. Ah, I'll be on this side of the fence. I'll be on this side of the fence. Maybe lukewarm. Jesus is saying, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Hot's useful. Cold is useful. But don't be lukewarm. Literally, the Bible says, or I'll spit you out of my mouth. Ouch. I will stay awake. Can you put that one back up, that fourth one, so we can remember it? Look what happened to Peter later on when he fell asleep. He fell into temptation three times that night. He denied Christ. 
Jesus is saying, watch and pray so you don't fall into temptation. Church, even when we're, our emotions are high, don't fall asleep. Don't roll over. Don't hit the snooze button. If God's calling you to do something, you ought to do it. If God's calling you to change your life, you ought to do it. If God's calling you today to stand up and say, He is the only way. He's the only truth. He's the only life. And I'm going to go to the Father when this world is done. Amen? Don't fall asleep. Let's wake up. It's easy to get in that mode as a sleepy Christian. I've been there. And I'm sure you've been there. We just kind of go through the motions. And we forget what we're here for. We forget the mission. But not now. Because we see that Jesus had emotional moments. We see that Jesus had this moment at Gethsemane. Guess what? He didn't fall asleep. He prayed that night through. And it would be the next day he would go to the cross. Can we stand before we go today? What I love about this story, it reminds me that Jesus walks with us every step of the way. Because I think a lot of times we think we're doing this thing on our own. Are you like that at all? Do you feel that way sometimes? But he went through it too. We don't have to do it on our own. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10. This is what Paul says about this. But he said to them, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. That is why, verse 10, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardship, in persecution, in emotions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It's okay to feel weak, church, because you have Jesus, and he was strong for you. And we can lean on him. We can rest in him. He has grace that's sufficient for us from him. Amen? Amen. We close our eyes for a moment. I want to challenge you today. I want to open up the altar today. I know maybe this is different for some of you, but I believe that God wants to do something in your life today, not just to walk away and say, oh, that was a great word, but I want to be up here to pray for you. I know Miss Vicki will be up here to pray and the Andrews and some others, if you could help me. But we're going we're gonna to go into just a moment of worship before you go. And if you need prayer, if you say, God, I'm all in. I've been emotional. I've made some bad decisions because of my emotions. But I want to stay awake. I want to run to you when I'm emotional. 
I want to be challenged to confide in you and confide in others when I get emotional. I want to submit my emotions to you because your will is more important. Can we just spend that moment now? We're going to sing this song together, and if you want to come, we're just going to just please respect everybody's time here. That'd be great. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my Rising again, I bless your name. You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. See Jesus, oh, Jesus. Can we sing that together?
thank you for challenging us today. Lord, to run to the Father. Lord, to confide in, in you and to confide in others. Lord, to submit to your will over our emotions. Emotions will fade and go away, but Lord, your will will last forever. And so, Lord, I pray that we would see the eternity in your will. And Lord, I pray that we would stay awake. We wouldn't be sleepy Christians. Lord, that we'd be wide awake as we read your word, as we pray, Lord. I pray that you give us wisdom. Lord, that we would honor you in everything that we do. And Lord, as we go today, Lord, we would take this message with us. day.